Welcome to the K-Pop Corner. This is Kendra. And I'm Reagan. <laughs> so today I have a very special guest joining me. My fiance Reagan, who I'm sure you've all heard about on previous episodes. He's going to help me out today and be my guest. Yeah, it was a pretty far drive to the studio today. <laughs> um, I had to take about six, maybe seven steps to uh, come in here. So, A good flight of steps. That's right. And I um, anticipate being reimbursed for gas money, but we'll negotiate that after. But free beverages? Yeah, free, sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll work something out. No, I'll pay you with exposure. Okay. Ooh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, as a significant other of someone who is diehard K-pop stan now, what were your first impressions of K-pop? Because I know that I was into it in, like, 2010. Uh, so, do you want to start over? Because you said a, a K-pop stan instead of K-pop fan. Stan is a real term. You stan the group. That's a thing? K-pop stan, yeah. What, is stan an acronym <laughs> for something? Uh, I think it is because it actually started off with like a hardcore negative connotation. It's normally for like the people who, you know how for anime and all that, um, there's otaku? Okay. It's like the die-hard crazy people that love anime. I feel like Stan is the same, but for K-pop. But Stan sounds like an English word to me, where obviously otaku is a Japanese word. Uh, there is... <laughs> I can't look it up, but there is a um, a whole history to it. I've read about it before. Uh, okay, so Stan is a thing. K-pop just... Stan. I Stan Monster X. I Stan BTS. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, uh, I think it's like a combination of two English words. So you're not wrong. Fan and maybe saucing? I don't know. Maybe what? Saucing is like a, like a stalker almost. Like they're such a hardcore fan that they stalk members and like break into their houses sometimes or take... Like, follow them to the airport and, like, get on their airplane. Same airplane as them. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, they're crazy. They're, like, it's illegal. They're bad, but... So, well, <laughs> all right. So, I guess I'll go back and answer your question. My first impression of K-pop. So, K-pop, to me, seems like the Korean version of boy bands from the late 90s and early 2000s. But there also seems to be some interesting fusion with hip-hop, R&B, and from a fashion perspective, sort of this uh, blurring of lines of what is traditionally uh, thought of as... Like Western? No, it's more so, so in the 80s, there were a lot of hair metal bands and pop bands that were more, uh, they dressed flashy. They were more androgynous as okay. far as their, the style of their clothing. 
where I feel like Korean culture and Korean pop music has something similar going on where men wear um, eye makeup and they dress in a non-traditional sense. Okay. I mean, that's a... That's actually a better response than I expected. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I get you on that because um, Korean culture in general, like a lot of the designers, they create men and women's clothes to be worn by both sexes. And that way they have a lot less, um, lot less inventory they have to worry about and less costs, less waste. So that's why I could wear, like, the same hoodie that so-and-so from BTS wears. They probably have less variance in their body sizes than we do in the United States, too. That could be. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't go over there and shop as easily as everyone else. No, it just seems like people are a little bit more health conscious in other countries than we are in the United States. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in terms of, like, androgynous, though, I do think that is that's a very Asian thing to me because I remember when I was into J-Rock, Japanese rock, and I got to meet the band at Anime Central. I got them to sign my pictures. And every single person at school teased me about how they look like women. And this was like glam rock. I mean, when some of them look manly because I mean they got crazy makeup on, like like death metal looking stuff, but others look like women. <laughs> so I can understand. I don't. I think that's just like a East Asian thing, maybe. I don't when know. When it comes to music, it's hard for me to say because I don't know. In a abundance amount of information about eastern cultures it just to me uh, and i know nothing about really i know nothing about k-pop other than the exposure that you provided to me but i don't but think it, i don't think your sentiments are alone in that but it does seem like a fusion of multiple genres of music and there are elements to it that remind me of a lot of different genres and eras of music in the United States. Okay. That makes sense. I can see that. I mean, right now, I feel, <laughs> I feel like BTS, their Dynamite is a perfect example of, like, 70s, 80s bops we would have. You know, but then they'll come out with, like, an EDM track. Or in a really aggressive rap track. <laughs> so I I think that's what's cool about K-pop. I think that's why I like it so much. Even bands I don't really know very well. Because of that fusion. So something that always confused me is, how is it that there's so much English in K-pop music? Do people in Korea, by default, speak a good amount of English? I haven't really researched that too much. Um, I don't know if it's like, if it was cool to put some English in there. Um, or if it's just like easier to use an English phrase to express something. I just noticed that a lot of 
hooks and occasionally in the verses of songs they will have a good amount of English or they'll sprinkle in just a couple of words and it's it's always been interesting to me how much English is in their music because there's not a lot of I guess there's a few examples but there's not a lot of foreign words in music in the United States right like I feel like if I made a song and I threw Korean in there or Japanese I feel like people would look at me weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, it would be atypical, right? I mean, right. obviously there was uh, that Justin Bieber song, Desposito. Well, that that was composed with Latin, a Latin group, though. But it was still a hit here. Yeah. And the majority of it was in Spanish. True. But there aren't too many examples of that. I can't think of too many other, you know, top 40 hits in our country where the majority of the music has been another language there have no. been there have been examples but it's pretty rare it's pretty seldom i would agree i don't know that's a good question because normally like in that um specific example justin bieber is like he's the featured person right mm -hmm. so it's the group featuring justin bieber so it makes sense to have the group doing Spanish, and then, you know, Bieber's doing the English. You know, it happens a lot. Even in, like, the K-pop world. Like, with BTS and Love. But... So in Korea, is K-pop the majority of their popular music? Yeah. The majority of what you hear on the radio? I would think so. I mean, obviously I haven't been to Korea, so I don't really know for sure. But I know it's a huge um, export for them. So it's very popular. And I know that K-pop artists oftentimes get featured for campaigns for like beauty products or TV commercials. So they're literally like everywhere. And they even do, I don't remember which group, but they were like the voices on the train. And I guess people were getting mad about that because they're like, what do I have to hear that? in my commute but why not it'd be interesting to find out if they import a lot of our music in korea oh i'm sure they do yeah i don't i have no idea i haven't researched that but i know that every time monster X starts talking about other groups they you know they're always giving shout outs to certain artists and stuff a lot of them are british and a lot of them are american well, and this is anecdotal, but I've seen a good amount of examples where K-pop artists like Monster X, Mon sorry, Monster X and <laughs> BTS, they have a general understanding of music here because they'll be singing or covering songs that are popular in the United States. So mm -hmm. they obviously know and they know and I've seen them fan over or fawn over meeting current artists, current artists yeah. in the United States. That's true. Yeah, I think it's just like any other country. You know, you grow up and whoever's big, like, they all know who Ariana Grande is. And stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I guess my next question would be, what would be, <laughs> what would be your thoughts on K-pop as the significant other because obviously I'm like busting it out 
whether it's like working out, showering, driving, like chilling at my computer. I'm almost always exclusively shopping. listening. Shopping, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think you have an addiction and I haven't really clearly figured out if that's a, if it's an unhealthy or a healthy addiction yet. Why do you think so? Well, you're, you seem pretty obsessed with K-pop in general. And that's starting to spill over into Korean culture in general. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, you think my kimchi consumption is directly <laughs> correlated? <laughs> no, because we were, you and I were eating kimchi way before, <laughs> way before you got into your recent, um, my revisit fanaticism of, of K-pop music. I wasn't like this though in 2010. I no. will give you that. Like I, um... I listened to it a lot back then, but I didn't have access to anything that I do now. Shopping-wise, whatever, you know, like, there was, there's a bunch of places I can order from now to get a K-pop album, but back then, I didn't know of a single place. Well, for the fans that are, <laughs> are listening and don't know, Kendra has basically a shrine to K-pop in one of the rooms of our house. The it's my office, okay? The entire the entire room is K-pop. There's K-pop on the walls. There's K-pop on in the shelves. So Kendra's clearly really into. I also have a shelf dedicated completely to young adult fiction and manga. Okay, but the room is 90 percent <laughs> K-pop. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also but... have a gaming computer now. And I'm sure if uh, there were K-pop video games, you'd probably be playing those as well. Okay. Well, I can give you that. Because there are times where I will I will be influenced by certain things that Monster X does or BTS does. Or like the clothing. The clothing they wear. Just silly, crazy things like that. <laughs> um, sometimes even the food. Because Monster X is constantly eating and it looks so healthy and yummy. Okay. <laughs> Which is why I dragged you to Korean barbecue one night. Because I hadn't tried that. Uh, and that was actually really delicious. I would like to do that again. <laughs> you know, we won't be far from there tomorrow. We could do that for lunch, maybe. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was delicious, though. So. It was really good. <laughs> Everything. Every side dish that I didn't even know what it was. It was yummy. But. But am I hurting anyone with this K-pop addiction? No, no. It's not a. It's not a bad thing. But I. Okay. So, as an example. We'll get in the car. Kendra used to have a pretty diverse library of music choices now it just seems like k-pop has become almost 100 percent of what kendra likes to listen to so when she's djing when she's riding shotgun <laughs> in the car with me i get forced to listen to a good amount of k-pop but you've told me that you like k-pop because you actually feel like that music is ahead of even our music here in the states I do like K-pop music. I don't, um, it's not something that I would listen to when I was in the car without you, but I can appreciate the musical elements and the complexities and the orchestration, the arrangement. I could appreciate the 
So what production of it? So what gets tiring for you? Probably the fact that I don't understand what they're singing about. Hmm. See, that's funny though because half the time when I put on the top forty on Spotify or something, which I never do, but if I do, I don't know any of that music. So to me, I guess the lyrics don't really matter. And half the time, the lyrics make me cringe. Like the last time I put on the top 40 for you to change it up so it wasn't K-pop all the time. Um, half of those rap songs, I was like, what? Holy shit. <laughs> they are really out there. Like if they're rapping like that in Korean, I would f never know that's what they're saying. I don't think they would because it's too mature, but. Well, clearly <laughs> understanding the lyrics is not always important. Otherwise, mumble rap wouldn't be a thing, right? Because mumble rap, you can't understand the majority of that. Yeah. That Although mumble rap is really popular right now. Yeah. I like it. It's more chill. But Kendra and I are both <laughs> musicians. And normally when I'm listening to music, I'm trying to relate to the music. Or I'm just listening for the the uh, the technical complexity of the music. Or the production value. So, generally when people write music, they make the verses specific to them and they make the choruses relatable to everyone. Now, obviously, rules are meant to be broken, so this is not the majority of music. But generally when a song is written, verses are very specific. They're telling a story that relates to the artist and then the chorus is usually a message that everyone can relate to. I, I guess the disconnect that I'm having with K-pop music is I don't even know what the message is in the chorus, so it's hard for me to get emotionally invested into it. I can still listen for the, the technical... Examples of technical expertise that are done, like things like vocal runs, where I'm hearing somebody do a really complex vocal run, I can appreciate that. Or the orchestration of the the beat itself, or how the vocal Lame. melody lays over the beat, I can appreciate, I, I know enough about music to be able to appreciate that, and I will say that a lot of K-pop is done in a really... Aesthetically pleasing way <laughs> it's well that's one way to put it but it's not even that it's aesthetically pleasing it's it's just done very professionally so it sounds really good it's put together very well uh there's a lot of attention to detail with the complexity of the samples and the beat and the beat itself and the orchestration of the instruments obviously with the k-pop that i've seen there's usually seven vocal vocalists that are on the track just yeah the complex take. the complexity of or five or whatever but anyway usually it's multiple vocalists on the track so the complexity of fitting in five or seven or eight or whatever how right. many how many members are in black pink four four okay that's a bad example <laughs> well like monsex has seven what's, what's that one seven. group with 12 or 15 female artists that you that you've shown me um I think Twice has nine. Okay. Dreamcatcher has seven. I'm not sure, but they have up to 12, which I don't know how they fit 12 
you know, like vocalists and rappers all in one song. I feel like that's physically impossible in a three and a half minute song. Well, they're probably doing some layers and they have multiple artists singing sub, the same vocal melody and they're layering those. But yeah. But yeah. In any event, I, I can appreciate the production value mm-hmm. of all of it. Because Which is why I think I listen to it so much. I'm the same way as you. I'm very, and we talked about this on the last podcast, but I'm very lyrically based. So obviously, if I discover music and there's a song with the most gorgeous vocal line and then the words are really beautiful or hit home for me, obviously that has a really strong visceral reaction. Right. I understand that I definitely don't always get that with k-pop it's more like visceral reaction based off of everything you just described like the overall feeling of the song the beats what's you know like the driving vocals even though i don't know what they're singing it's just interesting because it used to be a huge proponent for me and now now it's not now i have to like go look up the lyrics in a translated version (laughs) And then even those sometimes are a little disjointed, you know, if it's like a direct translation. So if you listen to a K-pop song, let's say a Monster X song, and then you translate the lyrics, does that generally make you like the song or relate to the song more or less after you've read what the translation is? Um, I think for me, it doesn't influence me as much. More like um, anecdotal, haha. Like, Monsex has a song called Guess Who? And if you read the translation for that, you're like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it's a very naughty song, kind of. It's got some naughty nuances. Okay. So, to me and Luann, it's like an inside joke of like, uh, ha, ha ha ha, guess who? You know, but it doesn't make me like that song or not like it any more or less. And then, like, Find You is a really sad song, you know? Like, there's a whole narrative to it. You also get it from watching the music video. Um, you know, it's it's part of their whole, like, Monsex universe, cinematic universe type thing. It goes across a bunch of different songs. But it's just a sadder song. Like, it's, like, hopeful and sad. <laughs> so, I don't know. It still doesn't... Even though I know the meaning behind it, I don't really, like, jam it more because of it. Maybe I'm just weird. I listen to Tycho, and there's no lyrics. It's all instrumental. Sure. You know? It's, like, classical. You can create a mood with it, even though there's no words. No, that's that's definitely true. I guess that's just how I view K-pop. And there's a lot of songs that I'm sure are really good. But if it doesn't have that catch for me, I just skip right to the next one. Like, let's say I'm in my Discover Weekly playlist where I discover a lot of my music. Um, And this applies for Western music as well. If you don't catch me within the first 30, 40 seconds, I'm moving on to the next one. And that's K-pop or English. So... I think maybe I'm different. (laughs) So I think of uh, 
an, an example that's relatable to most people would be the song Hello by Adele. Mm-hmm. Where if you listen to the words, the song is about Adele talking to her ex-boyfriend who's moved on and found somebody else. And obviously she still has feelings for her ex-boyfriend. And you can feel the emotion in the in the singing of the song. And I'm not I'm not a huge Adele fan or anything, but I, I don't know why this one comes to to mind. But I feel like anyone who's ever been broken up with somebody and still sort of yearns for that past relationship True. has that has the connection to the lyrics of the song where your connection to the music is not lyrically because you don't understand the words. Your connection is more musically. Yes. Or however make however the beat or however the orchestration of the music makes you feel. Yes. With some it's random English words sprinkled in that you might be able to identify <laughs> Those with. Those are usually the only ones I get to sing in the shower. <laughs> um, so I think that's... You bring up a point. I think that's the biggest problem that I have with K-pop music is I can't... Relate. It's not that I can't relate, but it would be hard for me to sing along with it because mm. I don't even know what words they're pronouncing. I feel like it would take a good amount of effort just to remember the words because they're not English, so it's not easily rememberable. I just sing what I think I, they're singing. Because when it comes down to it, language is just sounds, right? Sure. Um, I mean, I have a hard time even with Japanese trying to pick up what they're saying. Um, you know, that would be another example where... I can't understand half of what they say. I might catch a verb and be like, oh, they're saying to play. <laughs> Let's go play, you know? <laughs> I'm just trying trying to be honest. It's harder for yeah. me to relate to the music because I don't understand the words they're using. I think you're not alone in that. I think that's a, it's probably a huge deterrent for potential people who want to get into it but are turned off by that. But... I do have to say, I know I've talked about it before, but you've seen firsthand what they do marketing-wise that is so much different than, like, what we grew up with music-wise. Meaning, like, um, you know, you went and bought a CD from Sam Goody or whatever. <laughs> Well, they're definitely ahead of the game in that regard. Yeah. Did that impress you? So, well, the fact that they can convince their fans to buy CDs in general is impressive. That's what I thought. Especially when it's hard to even use the CDs these days. You know? I assume Korea is just as advanced as we are as far as their ability to listen to music where you know generally i'm sure they're buying similar similar car brands as we are where the majority of new vehicles coming out don't even have a cd player so it's very interesting to me that they convince the majority of their fan base to go out buy physical cds that they probably have to buy specific players for just to listen to i would say yes because I would agree with you because most of their demographic, I would say, are generally younger. So that generation, they don't even have 
like cars. I'm like I'm being very general. <laughs> but, you know, if you're some 20-year-old college student, you're probably not driving through Seoul in a car. You're probably taking public transit, walking, biking. So therefore, you're not even going to have like a Walkman on you. I don't even know if they make Walkmans anymore. You're going to have like your phone with your earbuds. It's also interesting to me that they'll sell the same album with different cover art or different uh, photo books and people will buy five or six of the same album just so they have a complete collection. So they He's calling me out right now. Well, <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure you're not the only person doing this. So the, the Korean record labels have done something really intelligent to where they've incentivized hardcore fans to buy five of the same album or six of the same album. I don't know. I don't even know if that would work here in the U.S., so if you market it the right way it really depends I, I know that there's what's a okay what's a band in the u.s where you would buy six of the same album because there was multiple like taylor swift i'm not a taylor swift fan but she has a huge fan base sure let's just use her because she's a pop idol too um i would totally say that swifties would go and buy four different album arts with the same CD in it, I know, it's really ridiculous. But the photo shoots and the album and the concept of each one is different. And if you're a hardcore fan, you want to see the spreads. You want to flip through the pages and fan over how gorgeous they are. are is Swifties <laughs> a term? I've never even heard that before. Yeah, I think that's her fandom name. I mean, that makes sense, but I've never heard it used before. <laughs> Believer, Believers? I think that's his... <laughs> I don't know very, very well the terms, but something like that. The whole thing is, yeah, they're fucking geniuses because in the beginning I was like, okay, what do you mean there's four albums for BTS? Like, what? I had to ask Robin, I'm like, what does this mean? And how, why would I blindly choose which version? But if I felt like if I didn't pre-order, I was going to like not get a chance at getting it. Because it's BTS. So I just randomly chose three. Number three. And then I went out and bought number two, I think. Yeah, number two. So that that's one instance where I don't have the full set. But I was also very annoyed with that one. Because everything's paper. Well, if I give you <laughs> six more months, you'll probably order the ones you're missing. Maybe in time. I haven't even bought their newest one. I had it in my hand at Target, and I put it back. I thought you might be proud. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I like BTS more than Monsta X. Their music? Yeah. Oh, really? Why? Really? <laughs> That's so interesting. So, Kendra, when she first got in... Well, not first got into K-pop because I know we, you were you we were listen, you it. were listening to it maybe ten twelve <laughs> years ago, but uh, she got really into BTS, and then she got a little bored with BTS. I can't get bored. Don't tell lies. Let's see. Okay, this is my interpretation of okay, what happened. Okay. I don't I don't really know what happened. <laughs> 
but you moved you moved closer to following Monster X. You got more into Monster X, and you started buying a bunch of Monster X stuff. Yes. Uh, I was trying to be a supportive spouse, so I learned all about BTS for Kendra, and then as soon as I learned about BTS, <laughs> Kendra was like, "No, and I'm really into Monster X now." I'm like, "All right, fuck it. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> that's too much work for me. I'm not going to learn all about Monster X now." You have a little bit. A little bit, but I feel like I, I tried I tried to be supportive. I learned a lot about No, I appreciate that. BTS and then I will say to the listeners out there, it's better to be supportive of your significant other liking K pop than to give them a hard time. I will say that. I probably still give you a little bit of a hard you give time. Give me a hard time. It's like fifty fifty. Fifty percent do it, babe. You do you. Fifty percent what the f is this? Well, yeah. Why if you're gonna you buy, buy if you're gonna buy six of the same album, I'm, it's not I'm... six. It's either two, three, or four. I don't think any of them release six versions. I think that aspect I'll have a hard time <laughs> understanding because ultimately, I'm sure you can find these photos on the internet for free. So, of course, sure you can. It's just not as gratifying. Just like how you can find photos of bourbon. On the internet. That's not a direct comparison. Sure it is. No, it's not. Sure it is. I can taste bourbon. You can't taste photos. I can I can absorb it through my eyeballs. You can absorb it through a computer screen, but too. But it's not mine. It's okay. Like, okay, it's like going to your friend's house, and they have Blattens, and you drink their Blattens, and then you come home, and you have an empty bottle of Blattens to look at. It's still not a good comparison. <laughs> I can't find I, a comparison. I, I, know, I know what you're trying to There's do. There's nothing but else there you're is, hardcore about. You can't link this to bourbon because it's not the same. But I can. You like to collect it. You like to taste it. You like to enjoy it. You like to buy the same brand but five different flavors. But if I could lick the computer <laughs> screen and taste what bourbon tasted like through the computer screen. You can, you can look at what the pictures look like through a computer screen. So it's not a good comparison. I mean, okay, fine. Yes, I, I've watched unboxings of albums or magazines or whatever, and it's still just not as satisfying as having the actual album in your hand and looking through it myself. That, like, for instance, there's a few different um, versions of Follow, Monster X Follow, that I didn't really think I would like. Based off of unboxings. Okay. Like the concepts were just like, meh. But I bought them because I'm a completionist and I wanted the photo cards. And going through them, though, they surprised me. It was better than I thought it was. So, you just confirmed <laughs> what, what, I, what I thought was really happening is the fact that the record labels are relying on the fact that hardcore fans will be completionists and they mm. will want every single photo set. Yes. Well, yes. So every album, but then each album comes with um, different photo cards too and, and stuff like that. So hell, I have the whole set of several of their albums and I don't have all their photo cards. So some people even go and buy the album more 
just for the photo cards, and then they go and sell the album without anything. That's why there's so many on eBay and Macari for like 10 bucks or 5 That's because bucks. their marketing is genius, <laughs> and they know. <laughs> it is genius, because these albums here in the States are twenty four ninety five. Um are you there or we are here sometimes are thirty two ninety five at like FYE. So you're buying a thirty two dollar album just for the cards and then you're gonna sell it at a loss, like a big loss. But the the record labels know that and I don't know what the percentages are, but let's say that ninety five percent of fans will be okay with buying one copy of the album. But they know that if they incur the additional cost of whatever that is to produce four or five different photo sets, that 5% of their fans will want to buy every single copy of the album to get every single photo set. So they, they know they're going to generate more album sales by doing that. Mm -hmm. And then they know that the top half a percent or top 1% is crazy enough to buy multiples of the same album to get every single photo card available so I they think... I, i'm i guarantee there's some sort of statistician at the record label <laughs> that has figured out what the optimal <laughs> amount of of uh different variances of albums and photo cards provided will produce the most record sales do you think he pushes his glasses up with his middle finger and has a little shing I'm sure he points it towards the <laughs> towards your towards our house as he does it too. What's insane is that pink book in there. It's memories in November. Someone's trying to sell that on Macari for $150. I paid like 30. So the real question will be 20 years from now is there going to be a really <laughs> really hardcore fan that really wants to buy that? And that's going to be hard to find. You'll be able to sell that for $300 or $400. Or is all this stuff going to be completely worthless 20 or 30 years from now? I honestly don't know. Because it's all about supply and demand. Everything right now is... I don't know what's going on. but It's like there's people selling their entire collections. Which is sad. But, you know. And then there's like a ton of people who are charging a ridiculous amount of money for shit. Like the goms, like my <laughs> keychain gom, people are asking like a hundred dollars for that. It's just, and people are paying it. So as long as there's a demand, then yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming they're gonna go on for a while, even when they enlist. They usually work it out somehow, you know. I don't know. You should look up what old Backstreet Boys and. In sync stuff is selling for. Yeah. Is it selling at a premium or <laughs> is it selling for roughly what it cost 20 years ago? I mean, are they still touring? They like, I don't. I have. I don't think so. They like made know. a hot comeback for about two seconds and then I feel like they disappeared. I know you're not. You're not buying this stuff for its collectible value. Sometimes I'm collecting it because of its collectible value. Like, I can recognize that there's value in it, so I'm buying it now. But in general, no, I'm collecting it for, like, my own personal happiness. <laughs> it's just hard for me not to think of things in dollar terms because of what I do for a living. But we're not going to get into that on the podcast. <laughs> no. 
obviously, you know, I was talking to a seller about the earrings, you know, two tuck on earrings I'm looking at. And she was like, you know, we don't buy this stuff always because it's realistic. Like, we're buying it because of our emotions. Like, our love of the group or who are artists. And that's totally legit. And half the shit I've bought. But I can say there might be a, a just a smidge of obsession because sometimes it's like, I... <laughs> I want to buy it just because I know I can. And it's them. You know what I mean? Sure. But it's like, half of it is, it's like on a third party, it's not like, a lot of this stuff that I'm buying, they aren't getting direct payment for. You know, it's like someone bought a bunch of them and then they're reselling it to me. You know what I mean? So that makes me think of the earrings that you have been dithering over. <laughs> but I want them! <laughs> so Ken Kendra wants to buy these... Um... 14 carat, two tuck them. There's supposed to be only 16 of them made per member. And it, it's a, yeah, 14 carat, two tuck them earrings. And we found two for sale at the same time so i i have a hard time believing that if there's only 16 in existence and monster x is relatively popular how is it that there are two of 16 in existence for sale used at the same time the the statistical likelihood of that happening is extremely low in the same location of japan and they're also <laughs> Regardless of that, they're also for sale for roughly the price that they were listed for originally, right? Originally, if you convert it to today's dollars, it it was... Uh, shit, how much was that? I can't remember how many won, but it was roughly $412. They were asking $399 for it. But I'm, I'm looking at this from a scarcity of demand standpoint. So if there are only 16 in the world, if that's actually true, how is it that, and I assume knowing that even if one-tenth of one percent of the, let's say there's a million hard, a million Monster X fans, and one-tenth of one percent of those are hardcore fans, right? So... Out of, in how many, do you know how many Monster X fans there are worldwide? <laughs> no. A, a, a million a seems reasonable. I don't know. There's probably more no than idea. that, right? It's hard for me to say. So let's say there's a million. So 10% of a million would be 100,000. 1% of a million would be 10,000. So one-tenth of 1% 1 would be 1,000 hardcore fans. How How is it that if there's 16 of something, there's not a demand for uh, ear these earrings on the resale market that would push the price up? The fact that they're being sold for the same price that they were originally sold for, or roughly the same price, if one-tenth if one of 1% of the fandom are completionists like you are and they want to own every single uh because this is one member that's 
these these earrings are tied to one member, right? Yes. But there's only 16 of them available. There's got to be at least 100 people that are super hardcore and they want to own every single earring. And they have the means to do it. They're they're they have the funds, they have the money. Well, let's put it this way. The first posting came up for 3.99 and it's based out of Osaka. And then when the second one came, maybe two weeks later, or no, I don't think it's been that long, maybe five days later, they're also based in Osaka. And they were priced at $2.99 plus $18 shipping. So I don't think that it's two pairs of the exact same, new, you know, show new earrings um, being sold at the same time. I'm thinking something weird is going on there. Because what are the odds that... Osaka, Japan, is going to have two of these earrings with the same defective box in the picture. I just don't think that's likely. I think someone's doing something. Like, maybe the second party is scamming someone and the first party doesn't care because they have the legit goods. I don't know. I think that kind of solves the why is there two. But the question is, and I agree with you, if they are so rare and there's only 16 per shonu, how is it that one would be $399? Especially when I pull up hamgom earrings that are silver that I paid $50 for and they're charging $250. Yeah, statistically it doesn't make sense to me. So I really want a 30th anniversary Miata and there were 800 of those released in the U.S. I can't find one of those. That's 800. You can't tell me that there are... I think there's more Miata enthusiasts, though. Is there 20 times the Miata enthusiasts? I don't know. I don't. I can't tell you numbers for months x who how many fans they have and blah 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 i I would say the miata market's pretty niche too i know but people who are are looking for a car have a different income than people who are looking at monster it's not but this is not it's we're not talking about ferraris i'm not no i'm talking about a reasonably priced convertible that's a different demographic than someone who is a k-pop fan it's also a lot more money. So I, I, I think it's a good comparison. Yeah. Okay. If you want. Yeah. I can agree with that. Because I would say on average, people aren't going to run out and buy $500 pair of Shonu, like Nunu gum earrings. No. Most are probably going to go, oh, that's a little too rich for my blood. Even I am like sitting there going, do you know how much I could buy? Like I could, I could literally finish my whole collection of albums. <laughs> For probably less than that. So I think it's a good comparison. Because there are... There's 830th anniversary Miatas available in the world. Right? So that's that's 50 times the amount of Shonu earrings that are available in the world. I don't think there's 50 times the amount of Miata enthusiasts as there are... Monster X enthusiasts, but uh, maybe there is. Yeah. But I I cannot find a 30th anniversary Miata, but you can find those earrings for sale. 
But I will say, to be devil's advocate, I have been looking for these earrings for a year and a half, and I haven't found a bite anywhere. So I just figured, okay, well, everyone's holding on to theirs, and that's that. <laughs> but when I but... saw a 30th anniversary Miata for sale, it was gone within two days. You can still, yeah. you've, you've been viewing these earrings for what, well, two weeks? The 299 are gone. Someone bought them. I didn't want to be the one who was going to buy that one. <laughs> because I didn't think that was legit. I thought that was sketchy as no other. Sure. Not to mention, I meant, or I uh, wrote both sellers, and the original seller wrote me back, and the second seller never wrote me back. I just feel like the second seller was definitely up to no good. Even though on eBay they both have reputable ratings, you know, so I don't know. I think something weird's there. The fact that seven people are watching the earrings, I'm probably included in that, means... Something also weird is happening. Either everyone's waiting for price to drop because they don't want to pay that. Right now they're three eighty, so they went down in price. <laughs> so the seller has dropped the price, and he still can't sell the earrings. I think people, either people are cheap and they're waiting for it to come down even more. Sometimes sellers will offer you a discount, so they're waiting for that. I th I have a hard time believing that. I feel like something funny is going on. Maybe. I mean, I haven't bought them yet because I'm still, I'm still on the fence. Even though I really want them, and I think it's funny because I have Nunu gum. So the first earrings I got are Nunu, and I got that because my mom's birthday is June and he's June. And then the random ring set I got happens to also be Shonu, and then these also happen to be Shonu. So I just thought it was like. Really coincidental and cute. <laughs> and they're white and black. They're pretty neutral. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it, it just seems odd to me that if they're as rare as they claim to be, there's no demand for them whatsoever. I don't know. You asked Luann, she didn't bat an eyelash at any of this. She didn't think it was a big deal. I was like, really? I don't think Luann understands economics as much as I do, though. No, I understand. But she understands the fandom more. Sure. We're on the same level. Uh, I get... Listen, I understand. That's why I haven't bought them yet. But I, I'm looking at this <laughs> from the perspective of somebody will... So, okay, so what is the... Um, what's the Value? most... No, what's the most amount of albums that... Most amount of variants of albums that Monster X has put out for any release. Four? You mean like four different versions? Yes. Yeah. Four. And how much is an album typically? Um twenty, twenty five? The older ones are fifteen ninety nine ish. Newer ones are like twenty four ninety five. So so it depends. So let's just say twenty four ninety five. It's it's safe to say that a lot of fans will pay twenty five dollars. Per yeah. album, and they'll buy four of those. No, no, no second thought. They'll just buy. Yeah. They'll spend hundred dollars, no problem. Every every release that yeah. Monster X has, right? Yes. If but they won't hardcore. spend. They won't spend three hundred eighty dollars for earrings. I think it just depends on the person. Well, of course it does. It depends on how 
the the function of how much of a fan you are, right? So if you're a super hardcore fan, you're a completionist, you might want to buy every single earring that they have offered because you're trying to complete your set. So you'll buy every earring that every member has released. It'd be really expensive. <laughs> I know, that's true. But obviously, I, I, I don't think it's a far-fetched argument to say that there's at least 100 people out there in the entire planet that have the means to pay for every single earring that's released. Uh, I don't know. That would be like, there's seven members, $50 per earring. That's a lot of money. There's plenty Let's of... Let's put it this way. A pair of one-ho, same exact earrings I'm looking at, 14 karat gold, pair of one-ho earrings from my Ohio seller, she was selling them for 180 180 And I fucking stalled like an imbecile. I literally waited on it for a day and it was gone. I regretted that so much, but in my head I was like, 180 is a lot of money. Oh my god. And now I'm thinking about buying them for fucking 380 so I think there's a lot of people who probably think like I do. They are hardcore. They do want it. But how much are we willing to pay? How were you going to buy those for 180 when they came out for 400 Because I asked her about it. There's a whole conversation. But she got it. She got it from someone and she was basically doing like giveaways with them. It would be nice. So something sounds sketchy to me. Either there's more than 16 of these in existence. The fact that she had three of them yeah, that, See that If there's only 16 of these in the planet and she had three of them. I think she had two one hoes and a show new. That, that sounds funny to me. Might have been me. a fourth. Yeah. I, but she has some insane hookups. I don't know who her... Um... Insane, more insane than in Korea? Because I assume the people no, in Korea, there's... Her hookups are in Korea. I know, but I assume the demand for these in Korea are pretty high if there's only 16 of them in existence. Yeah, but how many people who go to the Tutuk gum store have 500,000 won to spend? Or however much it was. How many Tutuk gum stories are there in Korea? One. It's one physical space yes, in the entire it was, country? It was a pop-up store. And it's been closed since. And you're telling me demand isn't higher in Korea for this stuff than it is outside of the country? I don't know. I would think so. I mean, we all of us international fans are salty that we never really got to go. And they had it at their fingertips. And we had to spend like $20 on shipping just to get these guys. I... <laughs> well, she's holding up her, her gom since you can't see it, but... I'm, uh, I feel like I'm derailing the conversation, but mm. anyway. Anyway. Uh, I mean, it's a good question. So, something's funny is going on. <laughs> so either there's more than 16 in existence or there's less demand than you would anticipate for something like this. Yeah. I would say the odds are they had more than they said they did. They created a demand by saying there's only 16 made per member. Then they, they sold, probably had a warehouse Then they somewhere. sold 1600 Yeah, <laughs> which is very seller, possible. And then my seller is like, you know, after the fact, being like, yeah, I'll buy like 10 of them. Sure. <laughs> but something's funny. Something very funny is going on. 
Well, I'm just not sure if I want to find out by buying it. Because that, that could be a big headache for me. Well, I like symmetry, so I'm not interested in seeing you wearing <laughs> asymmetrical earrings anyway. So, K-pop, I like that they wear asymmetrical stuff. Like, especially, like, their jewelry and stuff. I don't know why, but that's really caught my attention. Um, I'm like you, in that previously I didn't like asymmetrical anything. Maybe it's the designer in me, I don't know, but I like everything to be symmetrical. But, ever since K-pop came around and they start wearing, like, a dangly on one side and a stud on the other, I'm like, oh, I like that. Now I like, I like rocking that. I know you don't like it, but they would be for me. <laughs> well, that's a... <laughs> you don't even notice the other ones I wear. I'm not. <laughs> I wore them well, every day. I don't think that's when fair. When I first got them, I wore them every day to see if you'd say something. <laughs> I can't even see them because of your hair. No, that that is true. My quarantine hairs on the longer side now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't have anything else written down. Okay. So. <laughs> um. Well, to recap, I, I do think that Koreans do a fantastic job of their marketing. They're definitely a ahead of us in the United States. They really have figured out a way to monetize their fan base in a unique way that we're not doing here. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But they're they're certainly very, very effective at taking money from their fans. <laughs> they make very good music. Uh, I can't relate to it that much because I like listening to the lyrics of the music. But I can appreciate the musicality, the production value, etc. Reagan also has a bias. Uh... <laughs> Tell him. Who's your bias? Well, okay, so Jimin's my bias. <laughs> I I will say I'm I'm not uh, I'm not attracted to men in any way, but Jimin is a is a very he's a very girly looking Korean Amazing, man. Amazing, talented man. And he's he's a hell of a dancer. Yes. It's the Jimin effect. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Kendra and I laughed pretty good watching some YouTube videos on that. There's a whole bunch of YouTube videos devoted to that. Yeah, it's good times. <laughs> but yes, uh, Jimin was my first bias of BTS. And obviously I talk and all that about him a lot. So that got Regan, you know... All my exposure, it seeps into him because he's around me all the time. And then Jimin. He's a, he is a very, very <laughs> talented dancer. Did I show you Serendipity? I, like where I'm not sure. Solo? Oh, God, it's just so good. I mean, that's really what made me, his, made him my bias was that solo song. But. Yeah, he's very talented. And he can sing very, very well. He can. But you don't even uh, listen to too much BTS anymore. BTS still comes around in my mix. I don't know. I don't know why I switched from BTS to Monsex so hard. I mean, it was like BTS hardcore in the beginning. 
I mean, it was eat, sleep, and breathe BTS. <laughs> I don't, somewhere along the way, I, there was just a shift for some reason. Maybe, maybe partly because Luann was super into Monsex too. And I was like into them, but I wasn't, you know, not like I am now. So obviously the more you start fangirling with someone and the more you start delving into stuff with them, it just, I don't know, somehow it just slowly creeped over. Reagan always would tease me that I was cheating on BTS. <laughs> <laughs> with, and that I was cheating on Jimin. yep. <laughs> but I think that's just the problem with being a multi-stan. Sometimes the groups just change. I know for Luann, she's like hardcore Monstax. But even now, she's starting to get into Shiny, which is like an older school group that's still active. Um, you know, she liked XO for a minute, but she wasn't, she just never got to the level of Monstax like where it is now. So for me, it was always like BTS and then Monstax, then AT started coming in. And then now Stray Kids is coming in. But I don't know Stray Kids that well. But they are fucking funny. You have to watch this episode. It is hilarious. I think you'd really appreciate it. Because it's Game of Thrones. Uh, scenario. I'm and they sure. Have to sh they have to fight it out with swords. I'm sure whether I appreciate it or not. Kendra's going to force me to watch it. But it's so funny. I was dying. I was like crying. Okay. It was so funny. Like, I mean, they were doing like matrix moves and shit in the snow with these like broadswords. It was good. Well, I'll give it a try. <laughs> but that's how it starts. You start watching these shows and you start to get to know them and then their music. And then next thing you know, you got fucking six shelves worth of shit. Uh, but Reagan's great because he puts up with it. I do, sort of. And hopefully there's a uh, rated R rating on this podcast because Kendra swears like a sailor. Every episode is labeled explicit. Some days I'm better and I don't drop as many bombs, but I'm almost always going to drop a bomb. <laughs> I get animated. I get very into what I'm oh, saying. You're very passionate about the subject matter. I use them as adjectives. My cute demeanor has to use them. Otherwise, no one takes me serious. <laughs> well, this was fun. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're Thank very you for welcome. for joining me. My pleasure. Um, for the listeners out there, you should show this podcast to your significant others. Tell them to be like Reagan. <laughs> if they're not already, you know tolerant and supportive well i'm always happy to be the uh, benchmark so yeah. look at it this way i see teach wow i see tiktoks where you know all these all these women are like my boyfriend says that i can't like k-pop or i'm getting married so i have to sell all my k-pop shit like uh no first of all no <laughs> i'd rather see the second one where it's like hey me and my husband are watching the new BTS video and, you know, geeking out and stuff. I think that's much better. Sure. But, so thank you.
All right. Well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You sold me gas money. Shit. Wow. There's some cats outside. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can hear. Uh, I can pay you. I can hear our. Snuggles. I can hear our cat crying that she wants attention. His his cat girlfriend. She needs her snuggles. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, everyone. See you next time at the K-pop corner. Bye. Bye. <laughs>